Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity, a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a charity that's been supporting people affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess and we work for TVPS and our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Welcome to another HIV Heroes episode. Yes, thank you. Still nice. socially distanced. Still sat on the floor. <laughs> I don't imagine that Chris and Rosie Ramsey, when they're recording Shagged, Married, Annoyed, sit on their living room floor to do this. I bet they do. <laughs> In my mind, they do. <laughs> I mean, they probably don't have to socially distance because they're married. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's true, actually. We're having to take all the precautions because we are not of the same household. Nor are we married. No. <laughs> right. Today, I'm very excited about today. Oh, I'm always oh, excited. Look at your little facial beaming. I'm always excited. Um, this week, my HIV hero is an openly gay, openly HIV positive, British Nigerian priest of the Anglican Church of England. Some call him the happy, holy homosexual. But you might have heard of him as the phenomenal Reverend Jide McCauley. Oh my goodness. Oh, this is going to be good. Yes. Right, Look I'm... at me settling back in. <laughs> Get comfortable. It's a long one. <laughs> okay, so um, I just need to go through all my sources quickly. I've got quite a few this week. So um, my sources are a Pink News article by Scarlett Pastel, um, the Saving Lives website, uh, the Black Boy Joy podcast, an article written by Jude McCauley for Legit.ng um, and an article from the National Black Justice Coalition, but it doesn't actually state who the author is. You may be aware that he does an awful lot of work in the world of HIV awareness. And so I thought I would give you a little bit of background and tell you a bit of some of Jude's life and what led him to be so involved in both HIV support and LGBTQ plus community support. Mm. So, give me a little bit of backstory. I like it. Before we start, I know we always say it, but 
it is important to say that we're just focusing on a small element of these people's lives. There's so much more to them um, than just this. They have wide and fascinating lives, but we're just sort of looking at the HIV aspect of their life. Yes. I always feel like I don't want someone to be like, you did a podcast about me and this is all you mentioned. And it's like, well, I don't have time. <laughs> Got so excited there. Smack the table. Oh my goodness. This is the most animated I've ever seen. <laughs> well, do you know what? I really want to do him justice. It is quite a lot of pressure, isn't it? Massively, because you don't want to miss anything. You don't want to misrepresent someone, do you? So let's go back to the beginning. Is it the 80s? Sadly, it's the 60s. Okay, it's still a good era. (laughs) So Jade was born in London on November the 4th, 1965. When he was three years old, his family moved back to Nigeria and he was raised there. Now, he first became aware that he was gay um, around age seven, and then at 14, he had his first same-sex love. But growing up in Nigeria, a country opposed to being gay, where there were no visible gay role models to look to, Jide reacted to this first love with confusion, guilt, personal rejection. And these are all feelings that he says followed him well into adulthood. Yeah, I bet. He had a hard time in childhood and was bullied frequently. Part of it was around him not having girlfriends. And this is terrifying on, on one awful occasion, some boys from his area wanted him to have sex with a girl or they threatened to beat him up. <gasps> yeah, which has to be so damaging on so many different levels. So he did have sex with the girl, but feels it just was an out-of-body experience. He just wasn't there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we've talked about the feelings of shame, as I mentioned, and self-rejection that Jade felt about being gay. As we said, he, he carried these on into adulthood. And so he decided to undertake 40 days of fasting and praying. Praying not to be gay, praying for a wife. He was praying and fasting to get rid of all of these feelings. Okay, so he's decided then that to kind of rid himself of his feelings. Yeah, as he got older, obviously, as as he became an adult, yes. That he would do 40 days of fasting. Yes. And praying. Yes. Do you know, my heart just goes kind of out to him, really. Yeah. I think it's really difficult. I mean, coming to terms with your sexuality during kind of teenage years, whatever years, actually, is still not easy, is it? Completely. I couldn't actually... I think this was around when he was 20. Yeah, so it's, you know, he's come out of his teenage years. He's in his young adulthood, really, isn't he? Definitely. And that is the age when you really want to conform, don't you? Yes, you want to be like everyone else, don't you? It's easier to just carry on that that path. Um, Obviously, he's gone through this fasting and praying for 40 days. And when he finished, he asked a beautiful woman from his church out on a date. And when she said yes, he declared that he was no longer gay. He really felt his prayers had been answered. You know, obviously you've done this 40 days of fasting and praying and then suddenly you ask this beautiful woman out, you find her attractive. She says yes and you go, right, this is it, it's done. Yeah, yeah, my work here is done, away I go. Exactly. This only fueled his denial about being gay. Mm. So he had decided he could move on. Yeah. That That was all over with. So he met her in 1987 when he was 20 and they married in 1991 and a year later they had a son. And Jide hoped that the marriage would just cure him of being gay. Mm. And actually, it's quite interesting because it's something we know that still to this day happens. Yes. Yeah. You know, people marrying the hopes that they can um, live in an opposite sex relationship and be happy. Somehow their feelings will go away. 
And that must be so difficult. And I actually think it's really brave for those whatever time in their life managed to come out and say, actually, this, this isn't how I feel and yeah. I want to be myself. And mm. I know that we certainly see people who are still in those situations. Definitely. And that must be, yeah, so yeah. difficult. And so, of course, that's what happened to Jide. After three years of marriage, the relationship broke down. He came out, decided to come out as gay mm. in 1994, and it was extremely difficult. He describes the process of it all as a disaster. He was hated, denounced, on mainly religious grounds. He was called a sinner, a defiler, an abomination. You know, after being so brave, I can't imagine receiving that much hate. No, I know. Taken so much. From your own community. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that. So, Jide decided to leave his community and his religion behind. Oh, gosh. What, the whole lot? Yeah. In search of who he was. And he said, this is a quote, Um, from him the bitterest part was that the church and the religious community I had cherished and adored were the first to ostracize me this was beginning this was the beginning of a love-hate relationship with Nigeria Nigerians and the church that's the end of the quote but yeah so he found it really difficult to trust anyone and he sort of bounced from one Christian community to another and was ill-treated by all of them when they found out he was gay so it's not just one and this was in the 80s Yes. Okay. Uh, no, this 90s. This is oh, 90s, 90s, isn't it? He came out in 94. You keep wanting to go back to the 80s, don't you? It's your favourite. Yeah, I'll do anything to pull it back to my favourite era. <laughs> um, but that's quite shocking because yeah. that's a time when, um, oh gosh, I'm probably show my naivety here, but you know, that's I grew up in the kind of 80s and 90s and kind of people's sexuality wasn't such a big deal as it had been kind of previously. There were lots of not lots of famous people, but some quite kind of iconic names who'd yeah. come out um, as as gay. And and yet still lots of communities where it was completely unacceptable. But then I guess even within um, some elements of the church now, not saying all, we still see yeah. quite a lot of homophobia, don't we? So I think it's, although hard to believe, you can sort of think, actually, that must have been a really difficult time. If, we, if people are still feeling you know oppression now and prejudice and we're in yeah you're right of course in my world i just like everybody to be accepting of everybody i know i I feel like you're ruining my little (laughs) bubble over here no no it's never been like that well this is kind of like i said it's the backstory of showing us what made today who he is and how he is and so it's only really looking at all of these things and everything he went through i am rooting for him already i want this to have a good ending well let's see (laughs) So Jide did find a Christian community that was welcoming to their LGBTQ plus community. And that was called the Metropolitan Community Churches, MCC movement. And Jide, although outside of this organisation, he still had to deal with discrimination. And not only because of his sexual orientation, but actually due to racism as well. He describes his faith at this point as only growing stronger. And in 1998, so four years after he's come out, he was ordained as a Christian minister. So he's kind of come back around after going to find himself and sort of walking away from his community and his church for a while. He's come back around. So, oh, good. Oh, I, I like that. I'm happy that he um, kind of refound his religion. Yes, I mean, it's it, especially when it's something that means so much to mm. you. Mm, absolutely. So we're going to fast forward a few years. Okay. So we're fast forwarding to 2003, where Jide was awarded Man of the Year by the UK Black LGBT Awards for his role helping LGBT people of faith. 
And this, I should say, is an award he went on to receive again in 2007. Ooh. So he's only been ordained in 98. And, and just a few years, the difference he's already making to that community is huge. Oh, see, I love people like that. Mm. It's not enough for them just to be kind of ordained and, and then do their job. They're then looking to change from within. Exactly. Oh, oh that takes quite a strong person to do that. Well, let me carry on. Okay. So 2003 was also a memorable year for him, but for another reason. In January 2003, Jade was diagnosed with HIV. He hadn't been unwell and he didn't have any symptoms. So he said he wasn't nervous at all about having the test. Just a routine test for him. Mm. When he went back to the clinic to get his results, he was shocked to find out that he was HIV positive. And he describes it as everything feeling clouded. He felt that he was going to die. This is Jade describing that time. When I found out, I reacted so badly. I cried for days. I felt disgusted with myself. The guy I was so fond of and my regular sexual partner had infected me and he was nowhere to be found after my diagnosis. At that point, I hated him, but not anymore. The first person I told cursed me and called me a slut, said I deserved to die. A good friend responded differently. He took me to his house. He bathed me. He gave up his bed for me. He promised me I'll be okay. But I was gay, now with HIV, and I believed then that God was punishing me. Oh, no. Oh, I just want to give him a session. After everything he'd already been through. Yes. Another hurdle. kind of accepted everything and and who he is. Oh, and then he beats himself up because he's got HIV. No, 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 you shouldn't have done that. Oh, but his friend. Thank goodness he had a good friend. Yeah, completely. And actually, I wanted to say we often still hear that God is punishing me as well, don't we? Yes. For people who are newly diagnosed and, and certainly feel that way. We do. And actually, I find that a difficult topic to discuss because I think the first question that we get asked when we're saying, no, that's that's not, is, well, are you religious? Yes. <laughs> what yes. church do you go to? How can you speak with authority on this? And, you know, if they then find out that you're, you don't go to church, mm. then we don't understand. But we do have, like we were talking about peer support in previous podcasts, we do have some amazing clients who are religious who very much have their own point of view on all of this who are able to we can pair them up and they can have those conversations about religion hiv god's punishment all of those things and i think that's essential isn't it in that situation absolutely um and it's worked really well in the past Mm. And, you know, I mean, I'm always glad that somebody has their faith because it yes. can be very comforting um, and it's a really strong community. Mm. Um, but when that faith is challenged, you know, the journey those people have to go through, yeah. um, they should never have to go through that alone. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Right. Jude, as we've just been discussing, has been through so much to this point. You know, coming to terms with his sexuality, coming to terms with being, you know, rejected by his church, his communities, um, and now coming to terms with his HIV diagnosis. That's a huge amount to go through. Most people would be focusing on themselves, their own well-being, you know, I just need to get my head around this. But not Jide. So he knew there were others like him going through similar things. So in 2006, so again, three years, that's not a massive amount of time after his diagnosis, He went on to found the House of Rainbow Fellowship in Lagos, Nigeria. 
And it's the first Christian denomination to welcome lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual and intersex people in a country that is hostile to Mm. all of these people. And, well, ironically, or perhaps not so ironically, it was the same year that the Nigerian government introduced anti-gay laws. Did they really? Yeah, yeah, 2006. So so despite them doing that, he's just gone ahead and set up this... Yes. Organisation anyway. Yeah, and I'm absolutely in awe of the bravery that must have taken where, you know, it is a country where you're likely to be disowned, attacked, imprisoned just for being yourself. Yeah. And I think we really take that for granted sometimes, don't we? It's just easy. Oh, over here? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it wasn't all plain sailing. I was thinking, (laughs) I mean, that's quite phenomenal. They put laws in place and he's just like, no set up the house of rainbow yeah. it did run into a lot of trouble with residents and the nigerian government and amid a massive media frenzy there were numerous attacks and death threats made against jude and other members jude's home was vandalized and members of his family were threatened really oh the strength of feeling yeah and so in 2008 so again two years after he set it up he was forced to flee nigeria for his own safety like it was that bad but despite the dangers, I should say, Jade secretly travelled back and forth to Nigeria to reach the communities that they served. And again, it's so selfless, putting himself at risk to continue to support these communities that desperately needed it and not just walking away when things got Yeah, because he knows what, what they're going through. Um, he's not one to give up, is he? Oh, no. So to this day, Jade is still the CEO of the House of Rainbow um, and it's got active communities in 22 countries, mostly in Africa, which is uh, amazing. And I'm I'm so pleased that they've been able to expand and keep offering this support. I mean, unbelievable. In 2013, he was ordained as a priest in the Church of England. Wow. I know, it just goes on and on. I have to say, it was like, since then... So that's sort of his background and, and kind of what what made him who he is um, or part of it. And since then, I have to say, and I know we've sort of talked about this in other podcasts as well, he's done so many things. It would take me, I swear, about another two podcasts to list them all and to find them all. Um, so what I've done is just put together some highlights. Yeah. So he's part of the NAM Africa Advocacy Foundation Project, Positive Champions, which promotes HIV testing to black communities across London. He's an ambassador for Saving Lives, the amazing charity. Oh, I love them. Yeah, encouraging people to get tested for HIV. As you know, he's heavily involved in the National HIV Test Week campaigns. Yes. And has been featured on the publicity materials. Mm -hmm. It's always nice to see his smiley face, isn't it? Yeah. He's the chairperson of the International Network of Religious Leaders Living with HIV in Europe. He's a volunteer chaplain at Marlmay Mission Hospital, oh, an HIV care yes. centre. Yeah, I'm still going on. I've got more. Oh, my goodness. And this is just a small snippet, I have to tell you. He's developing resources on specific black African queer theology and is working on a House of Rainbow project called RIMA, Radically Inclusive Mission to Africa, mm-hmm. in association with destabilising heteronormativity. Wow. Yeah, in the near future, it's today's hope to enhance the broad spectrum of the inclusive gospel across the world, particularly to marginalised communities in Africa. He's an inspirational speaker, I should say, an author, a poet. He's written poetry books. Um, uh, Pastor, preacher, he holds a degree in law. 
um, a master's degree in theology, postgraduate certificate in pastoral theology. Not to mention, I have to say, the countless panels, podcasts, seminars, interviews, programmes, projects that he has been involved in and the many, many award nominations he has received. So this man, to kind of summarise a little bit, he's received hate, death threats, been shunned by his church for some of the time, his family, his community. He's still kept fighting for himself and others in the hope that they don't have to experience what he did. He's an HIV activist, a fierce LGBTQ plus campaigner, a vital role model. And I actually think, I know we talked right at the start where he said there were no role models when he was young. I think he's become the role model that he wanted when he was a young boy. He describes himself as a voice for gay people within the church and also a voice for HIV positive people within the church um, and is committed to educating faith leaders. And in an interview with the Pink News, he said, if gay were put into an acronym, G-A-Y, it simply means God adores you, God admires you, God accepts you, God accommodates you, God anoints you. And that is just some of the history of my HIV hero, the remarkable Reverend Jade McCauley. Oh, my goodness. Do you ever feel that we perhaps don't do enough? Yeah, when for... yes. Our HIV charity. Yes, I do. Every week when I when I do my research, I'm blown away by these people. Oh, I should actually say you can follow him on Twitter, Instagram and on Facebook. And obviously we'll put all those handles out there because people need to go and see the work he's doing. Mm. And it, yeah. God, he must have phenomenal energy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Do all of that. He is an amazing, amazing man. And that's why it sort of jumps from his history straight into... Because he's done so much. Mm. It was like, where do I begin? Where do I end? Um, so, yeah, go and go and check him out. Go and look him up. He's, um, yeah, an absolutely amazing guy. Oh, my gosh. You know, we always say, be more Jill. Yeah. I think we should be more be more Jill and Jiddy. Oh, I love that. Hashtag be more Jiddy. Yes. Perfect. Let's be both. I love it. Right. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to HIV Hope and Charity. If you'd like to know more about the work that we do, visit tvps.org.uk. And please like, subscribe and rate the podcast if you enjoyed it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.